Hey there, welcome to SaaS Unbound, brought to you by SaaS Group. I'm your host, Anna Dana, and this is the show where we chat with inspiring founders and experts to get an inside scoop on how they made their business a success. And today with me is Daniel Fail, of co-founder of Checkit.io. And Checkit is an all-in-one platform, making it easier to communicate with your customer, collect more reviews, and win more leads. They're bootstrapped all the way and uh, rapidly growing year after year and are determined to help small businesses conquer the online world. And we're here today to learn how exactly they were planning to do that. So Daniel, it's great, great to see you here. Thanks for having me, Anna. Awesome. Well, thank you for making the time and uh, let's get to it. I've read uh, a bit um, about you and your background and it's fascinating. So could you please tell about it, how you came to building Check It? Yeah, so a little bit about my background. Um, my background's in finance, actually. So, I've, so that's what I majored in in school anyways. And then I went on to uh, commercial banking. So small business banking um, on that side. So I don't I don't have any formal education um, in software or tech um, or really sales, to be honest. Um, so, you know, I started on, on with commercial banking. I moved up north in a very small town called the Paw. Um, and that's where I met uh, one of my co-founders. Uh, so Miles, he was working at the mill at the time town's super small so we were extremely bored <laughs> so we just started playing around with kind of building an app um it, it was actually quite silly it just like a just showed like analytics on certain like bars and restaurants and so we we kind of came up with this um what we thought was a really awesome idea at the time was just sending uh mass promotions or or texts um from from that business or restaurant to customers, so they would essentially walk in, sign in with uh, through Wi-Fi. So we had there was two components to it really. There was the hardware side, so there was the Wi-Fi component, and then there is the software side of things. So um, they the customer would come into the business or restaurant, they would sign in through Wi-Fi, they would give a piece of contact information. Um, it would be their email, but mostly we tried to focus on SMS. Um, and then the business could actually uh, send out coupons or discounts or promotions or just different events that were going on to drive sales. So that was kind of the um, first product with Check It. Um, and then so we, I, we came back to Winnipeg. Um, at the time, I ended up quitting my job and kind of going full time into this, uh, probably a little bit naively, <laughs> not knowing. I just thought it was an, a great opportunity. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we started working with a bunch of different restaurants and just hospitality. So we're just focused on that. Uh, honestly, not really knowing what, we're, what, what we were doing at the time um, and, and just was doing some door-to-door -door sales, which is pretty old school. <laughs> Um, and then, so we got a bunch of restaurants, had some traction there. And then, um, from that, like the first product was great. You could, again, you could send out texts from promotions, drive new sales for that business. And that was a great product to start with. But the one question we really kept getting was like, Hey, can you help us with reviews? So, um, we weren't really too, it, 
you know, from what I remember, we weren't really that excited about the review side of things. We were just, we thought the product we were building was really cool. Um, but we looked into and did some research. Um, and one of my co-founders did a lot of research on that side and kind of stumbled almost accidentally on the review management space. Like we just found out like, wow, this is a huge space, huge opportunity. Um, so they're asking the, the general managers, hey, can you just like aggregate or have all our reviews on one dashboard so we can respond? So we don't have to spend so much time going to Google or Facebook or TripAdvisor, all these different platforms and just responding. Right. Um, and then realized, realized that, you know, the review management space is massive, but local businesses across all verticals really have a universal challenge of um, getting great reviews, responding to reviews. <clears throat> and then on the consumer side, it's really just a universal language of, you know, that's how they search these days. That's how they um, kind of gauge or judge a business online is like, oh, go, go check out the reviews or check out what other people are saying about them. So that's really uh, today people's brand that, you know, so. Um, and so, yeah, we right. got into the review side of things and then kind of built out from, from there. Okay. Well, you know, it sounds amazing. Like we got bored and, you know, people got bored. People go to, I don't know, play bowling. You went and built an app. So that sounds <laughs> too easy. <laughs> so uh, walk us through a little bit like the first steps, because I think this is the most fascinating thing. So how did you start? What did you start with? Was it a no code since, you know, you have uh, no tech experience? prior uh, tech experience or was it something else or maybe you you just outsource this to a software developer yeah when so we started with um, a, a developer I actually uh, knew so that was kind of just building this first app that really had nothing to do with check it at the time and that was the just the app that we were playing around with when we started out with the the, the um, building check it essentially I actually just um, sent off an email to a professor um, and he was like, hey, I got a contact for someone that um, is an engineer. And so I just shot off an email, essentially met at a coffee shop with, with both of them, pitched the idea um, because Miles and myself, we don't write code. We don't know anything on that side. So we're like, we're going we're gonna to build something. We need to go find some engineers, someone to write this code. So um, I just shot off a cold email. It ended up working out. So met at a coffee shop, pitched the idea. They were both on board. And those are our two technical co-founders. They're phenomenal. So super talented. Okay. And we got, we got pretty lucky. <laughs> okay. So right, uh, right place at the right time. That's kind of a, a bit of a momentum there. So uh, let's go from there. Let's go into selling the product. And we're talking... Winnipeg or even smaller uh, towns in, in Canada, right? So selling door to door, what does it mean? And how do you do that? Because, well, you cannot really scale that, right? So how do you get to <laughs> a lot of sales? Yeah, we, so uh, again, when we started out, no background in this and really had no clue what we were doing. So the easiest you know, I think at the time, especially since we didn't have, like, we're not backed by VC, we don't have a ton of money at the time behind us. Um, 
and the easiest thing was really to get in our cars essentially we had business cards and we had brochures and we would just go to different restaurants different local businesses and pitch so we started out just in winnipeg um and then you know did that for a while for a couple months kind of ex- we what we thought kind of exhausted uh this city we picked up we went to me and my co-founder went to calgary for the summer and then did door-to-door sales there um that was kind of a fun experience when i look back uh, it's pretty comical um but yeah we just like same thing just business cards brochures went pitched the businesses um so we were able to get traction there of course that's not really scalable so then at the time when we were doing that um you know the the nights we kind of used to do some research and like okay how can we scale this thing how can we um you know go from door to door um old school sales to like actually transitioning this online um so that's when we kind of stumbled upon the different channels that we could use so we kind of dabbled in like google ads facebook instagram ads um that being very expensive um so one of them was yeah cold, how did it cold. work for you yeah so that was that we couldn't really afford uh to be honest that was just a really expensive way to um acquire customers so kind of naturally we we looked at the ways that were easy just like obviously referral based when we were to get a customer ask for referrals have a great method to get referrals cold email has always been um the core of really our, like our sales so we use cold email we got really really good um at at pitching like just through cold email um and acquiring customers there uh, so that was kind of the channel that really took off and helped us acquire a lot of customers and then and then we've kind of just built out over the years just um we have we had a white label solution so marketing companies um can come in to slap their logo their branding um on our software and offer it to their customers as a value add or just in general so that was that was great um the affiliate side of things so we have affiliate uh marketing uh program right now uh so people can make recurring uh revenue off of every single sale so i think we're giving 30% so it's a it's a decent chunk chunk of money every month so people are motivated through that so that's worked out uh good And then yeah we just built out like kind of channel after channel over the years so but the main one was really the cold email obviously the cold pitches in person stuff like that so that just really helped us get traction and and scale to start That's very interesting. I think I think it's important to just explore everything out there and then just just figure out what works best but maybe not abandon uh the other channels uh altogether. So cold emails uh and again very uh interesting thing like a lot of people say that first of all like door to door sales super old school don't work anymore mm-hmm. cold emails no one wants to um answer cold emails right so mm-hmm. you guys made it work spill the beans <laughs> what's the trick there <laughs> how did you make it work what's so unique about your your cold email strategy Yeah, I mean there's nothing really unique about it to be honest. I think it I, th- I think it's just, you know, we do it at scale. Um to to be honest and there I guess there probably is uh, some tricks here and there, but a lot of it's just getting really good at um 
you know, copywriting, just like when you're writing out the emails, um, we've, we personalized all the emails. That's a huge thing. A lot of people send out, you know, you'll get the canned emails and you can tell, and sometimes they have like the variable and it's not even like attached. So it'll be like, hi, first name. And then they'll send out and doesn't even have the person's first name attached. <laughs> so, I mean, you probably got those. Everyone's, everyone's got those, but yeah, personalization, <laughs> personalization and trying to do them at scale is, is a big thing. And I think it's really overlooked. Like, it's not just about like adding their name to the email. It's, you know, like actually looking them up, actually doing a little bit of research. Um, one thing that really helped us too was attaching videos. Um, so just doing a like, quick, like 10 second, 20 second, 30 second video. Um, but again, if I said like, Hey Anna, how's it going? And just did a quick video and, you know, sent you that 15 seconds, you're more inclined to be like, okay, they actually did some research. Um, that company, you know, is obviously targeting or, or, or pitching their product with some context behind it. This probably can benefit me or help me instead of just sending out a blast that's just like, Hey, use our product. <laughs> right. And, and right. really showing that like you care about their business and trying to add value to their business versus just kind of like me, me, me. Yeah. Oh, so something, oh, I, I don't oh. think it's anything special we've done, but <laughs> Just earlier, you know, a couple of hours ago, there was a conversation on LinkedIn, uh, and it got like a ton of comments, like um, this generic term, like "hope this email finds you well," and then like this is just, oh my god, yeah, well, sure, it finds me, you know. Uh, so, <laughs> and uh, the trick yeah. there, yeah, we also discussed that just looking help a person and saying, hey, you know, I, I saw your late, latest article or like I saw what you're doing with your with your restaurant or like, I don't know, I went there uh, a mm -hmm. couple of weeks ago. It was awesome. Sure. Uh, personalization is great. So, yeah, I think it's, it's not a trick, but uh, not everyone uses it, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so let's talk about the product itself. Let's check it. What if I am a restaurant owner and Winnipeg? How do I use you guys? Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways. Um, one of them, so two big problems that we solve is helping businesses. So we work in a bunch of different verticals, dental, restaurants is actually like our smallest vertical, <laughs> which is funny. I, I love it, ironic, um, but like jewelry stores, auto collision, dealerships, stuff like that. Any local business, really. But number one problem we solve is helping businesses get found online through reviews. So Google reviews, Facebook reviews, having a ton of good testimonials um, and customer feedback online. Um, so that's, you know, helping the business stand out online when their people are consumers are doing that research is is huge having that social proof um, so that's number one is just through reviews and getting that having a really stellar online reputation getting found <clears throat> and then number two would be creating helping a local brands and businesses create a very convenient experience so taking out as much friction as possible from the buying experience, the buyer journey. Um, so when they find you through your views and just online, you know, Google is kind of the new, especially since COVID is new storefront, really, right? So they go to, they hit your website. We have a product called WebChat. 
web chat engages them right away, uh, makes it very personal so they can actually text the business right away, ask questions about a product service. So it just makes it very convenient. They can, they can find them online, hit their website, chat with them through text message, which is um, awesome. And then we've gone a step further in that process where now we have text to pay. So, you know, business can send out um, a quick invoice. They can pay it, Apple Pay, Google Pay, any major credit card, just making it super convenient um, to make a purchase online. Kind of like that, you know, that Amazon convenient experience. That's what we're trying to, that's what our goal is for to help local businesses. Um, but you can do things like hop on a video call. So in-store um, shopping experience or just for like service upgrades and, and stuff like that or updates sorry for for jewelry shops or stores collision centers um, but then we've we also have you know, built into our platform which is very powerful um, this omni-channel experience where you have google my business messages facebook messages for the business uh, Instagram is obviously huge these days. People are addicted to Instagram. So we have all the direct messages going um, there. Text messages, we can make your landline textable. Uh, so web chat. So all those different channels um, is just inside Check It. So like any channel that's coming from Google or Facebook or Instagram or text is all going to one platform, making it convenient for the business, but also for the consumer. So the consumer finds it, you know, if they want to send you a message on Instagram, great. You don't have to go to Instagram and, and check that on the business side. Or then you have to pop over to your Facebook account, pop over to your Google My Business messages, your website messages, your website forms. So all those things are just built in to, to check it to make that um, experience, again, convenient on both sides for the business and um, the consumer. From from these first um, <clears throat> stages that, that you were talking about when it was just SMS, uh, you added a lot of features. So how does it work? Are they coming from your customers or maybe <clears throat> from a competitor research? So mm -hmm. how do you make sure yeah. that something is uh, going to be built? Yeah. So all of our features that, um, that really that we built out are, you know, I would say Pretty much all of them, or a good chunk of them, are just from customer feedback. So um, early on, as we said, when we built out this mass um, texting uh, solution and product, we thought that was really, really cool, and that was like the end-all, be-all. And then we, we found out that reviews were actually a lot more important to these restaurants at the time and these businesses, so we kind of pivoted our like core um, just like offering and just kind of our pitch to businesses. And so getting that feedback early on and realizing how important that was and <clears throat> pardon me, and how that gave us a lot of traction, um, kind of like stuck with us um, long-term and kind of been the DNA of, of Check It, like just like asking for feedback, what could you guys use? So all the features that we have has really been from people asking, hey, you know, cause we didn't have Instagram built in we didn't have Facebook built in. We didn't have Google My Business messages built in. We didn't have an option to hop on video calls or a text to pay option. So all these things came from customers like, hey, do you have the ability to do this? Can you do this? Um, and then, of course, there's a lot of smaller features that I really haven't gone over, but um, all of that's been from just asking customers. So how do you make sure that you know, you're, you're not just building 
everything like whatever a customer wants yeah. uh but actually go like and research and and make sure that it's not just one customer you know people actually would benefit from it yeah that's a great question so we have like um we, we have a software that we just project management software essentially that um all the feedback that we get like we'll pro proactively go ask for feet like we'll go ask like what they want in terms of features or what they could utilize and stuff like that but a lot of it's reactive too like a lot of it just comes in and people ask us through emails and stuff like that so we have a we have a spot for it um that we constantly on the dev side monitor and kind of go okay well 45 businesses asked for this feature and so then we'll do a little bit more research do we think this feature would be great for what our vision is and what we're trying to build um but the playbook's been really really simple on that side where like if we have 100 businesses asking for it well it must be a feature that people want so let's build it out versus like of course we have a, there's a lot of features that are um you know listed that we have that we're looking at but like one business has asked for it right um a small example would be we work with a lot of insurance companies and um they needed a an option to download um the conversation to pdf for their regulations on the insurance side um so it was something that it can't be manipulated the conversations they need to have that for records um you know again that's baked into their regulations and what they need to have for their business so every insurance company that we worked with was asking for that feature and we're like hey we have to build this out like they need this like every insurance companies ask for this so let's let's get this going so okay all right that, that that's very interesting let let's move on a little bit into healing uh right and uh, obviously uh you started as as far as i understand it was you and two or or three more co-founders yeah it's myself and and three other co-founders three other co-founders all right so uh how long uh did it stay like that? And at what point did you start getting uh, more hires? And uh, who was your first hire and why? Yeah, our first hire. So we, it was four of us probably for, geez, I, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> Maybe it. Too long? For, Everyone I, says I, too long. <laughs> I, I know for at least, uh, at least a year, probably two years. Yeah, let's go with maybe a year and a half, two years. Our first hire was, our first hire, I think would have been on the sales side um, at the time. So we, we hired a couple of salespeople. We thought that would help us scale, um, which, which did. Um, you know, at the time it was, it, it was good. I, I think that that definitely helped us a little bit. But what we realized, I would say our tr first true hire was uh, on the customer success side, customer support. So we were we were doing okay on the sales side, um, the, the way I see it. And just customer support was, you know, I would say Miles and myself weren't amazing at it. And <laughs> we were just so focused at, on the sales side where we didn't really have a lot of that <clears throat> pardon me, that organizational piece and the customer support side. So when we hired, it was customer support that helped us scale because they could take on the onboarding, the onboardings, 
um, and all the new customers. Okay, yeah, I can I can feel like this is becoming a trend. Uh, everyone that comes to the podcast says that you know the first hire was customer support. It's the uh, the most important one. It's probably yeah. the easiest to fill and makes your customers feel a lot better right away. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, so yeah. So what changed? Uh, how did you decide that uh, customer support is something that you need? And uh, how do you go about it right now? Are there more people in customer support? Is it your mm. uh, primary focus right now? Or um, how do you do it? Yeah, we've we've built out quite a bit in the last couple of years. So we have a whole team on cust the customer support side. We have we just built out a, a pretty a sizable, um, well, for our size anyways, uh, on the sales side. So we have a sales team, dev team. Um, and so right now we're kind of in the last probably like six, seven months in a really good position to kind of scale it. So um, I'm not really doing a whole lot of sales anymore and neither is Miles. And um, so again, yeah, we have the dev side, customer support side, which is, you know, all really, really talented people. Um, and then on the sales side, again, um, we, I think we got kind of lucky on the, in the talent pool side. So, um, a lot of rock stars on the sales side. So it's been good. That's great. Okay. So what changed for you, uh, as a founder, since you started scaling, right? Uh, how did you, uh, how did you approach this new role, the bigger company and the fact that you're bootstrapped? And I, I really want to, to focus on that a little bit. Uh, so how did you decide that you're going to be bootstrapped? Because you're growing, right? Uh, as far as I remember from the article, it's like 30% each year. Uh, it yeah, more? it's been, been a little bit more than that. Okay. Um, the last couple of years, we've actually grown 100% kind of year oh, over great. year for a while. Oh, wow. um, and I think this year we'll probably be on track to hopefully do something similar, at least 50%. So, but it's probably awesome. going to be closer to 100% again. Um, awesome. So how did you adjust to that as a founder? Yeah, I think a lot of it <clears throat> has been just not working in the business, working on the business. So in the last, you know, year, it's nice because, you know, instead of working on sales or doing demos and stuff like that, we can really kind of take a step back and look at, analyze different <clears throat> customer acquisition channels. So that, you know, w with that, it's really allowed us to look at like, you know, the affiliate marketing program and getting that off the ground. Um, right now, we're kind of just just starting, you know, I wouldn't say just starting, but really getting the SEO stuff off the ground, doing a lot of content on our social platforms. Um, so really just kind of taking a step back and looking, um, you know, working on the business and rather than in the business, if, if that makes sense, um, which has been a great opportunity. So. And uh, apart from this growth, you just you still decided to to be fully bootstrapped, right? Yeah. So, yeah. why so? Why not just yeah? Why not just go and race <laughs> around and you know, go to the to the moon? Yeah, I mean, so yeah, there's probably a lot of different ways I can go with that. When we started out being in Winnipeg, uh, and I, you know, for sure Winnipeg, I wouldn't categorize all Canada like that but like it's a little bit the 
the environment's a little bit different than let's just say in the US. Like people aren't you're not going to a coffee shop and they're just writing you checks like million dollar checks and you know, pre pre revenue, you know. You know. So when we started, really we didn't because we didn't have a network or any of that, it wasn't really an option and it's a, it was quite a bit tougher to uh, to raise, especially if you're like pre-product, pre-revenue. Um, even if you have a little bit of traction, it's it's quite a bit tougher um, out here. But so I, did, I think we kind of stumbled on it. It was really like, okay, we don't have a choice. We can't really raise. <laughs> um, and then, you know, when we did get traction, we, ha- we had those opportunities and they opened up and, um, you know, thinking about it, like, when you look at companies like uh, Qualdricks, you know, the co-founder there, Ryan Smith, I, you know, he made, he's made some, some comments, you know, he bootstrapped for about a decade and they're like a multi-billion dollar company. And I, I truly think, you know, businesses like that have done it, done it the right way. I think if you, you go out there and get money too soon um, before you can kind of scale to at least like, you know, five, 10, $20 million. Um, it's just a little bit tougher, you know, and I think looking back, I think we got lucky just kind of falling into building it and being profitable from the start. So we didn't, one, we didn't have the option, be, be, you know, about being capital inefficient or just spending money on things that we didn't know that was going to work out. Like we have, we had to be absolutely sure like all the time and even today. So that's really helped us. And just like, again, going back to the culture of the company and the DNA, that's, that's kind of who we are now. Um, but yeah, I think at the start we fell into it. Um, and then we had the opportunities and then kind of made um, more of a conscious decision to kind of stay bootstrapped and just be profitable from our customers. And that has really been um, a competitive edge against really a lot of the market and just who we compete against because we we can set prices. So, um, you know, if we we have probably the most economical prices in the um, in the space right now, or, or at least one of them. Um, but if we ever needed to, you know, match prices or drop prices or, um, you know anything like that it's it's just allowed us that flexibility if that makes sense so right no absolutely when you're bootstrapped uh it's a little bit different just because you uh like you said you have to be very careful with where the money goes and um about your Mm -hmm. cash flow yeah i mean when you're bootstrapped you you eat what you kill so yeah um and yeah but i mean bootstrapping is the 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 great part about it is it, it causes a lot of constraint and, you know, when there's that constraint, you have to get re- really creative. And again, you have to be pretty detail oriented with where the, where the money is going and how you're spending it and how you're acquiring customers and all the rest. So a lot of it's just a good thing. Right. Uh, but uh, how do you also deal with the fact that, uh, you know, maybe it's not growing as fast as you want it to or as fast as um, you plan to. Um, mm-hmm. So how do you how do you make sure not only you, but also the team that you're working with is on mm-hmm. the same page? 
I don't think we've ever really thought about or, or been too frustrated on the not growing as fast as we wanted to. Like we've, for being bootstrapped and what we're doing, we've grown pretty, pretty, we've, we've done great actually over the last three years on the growth side. Um, and sorry, what was the second part to the question? <laughs> how do you how do you make sure that uh, the team is also um, okay with with this constraint and the fact that you, you kind of have to be a little bit scrappy and maybe a bit more creative to uh, ab about your your growth strategy, your marketing strategy. It's not just mm. okay. Let's go and buy thousands of uh, different ads on on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wouldn't word it like we we've had to like deal with anything or or um, like I don't really I haven't really seen any like issues on that side in terms of the team or any comments or anything like that um, and I think part of the reason is is like again we got really really good at um, kind of mastering the acquisition the customer acquisition channels that we have um, and so on the sales side like there's tons of leads like no one's complaining on the sales side um so in in general like on the sales and growth and and stuff like we again we've we've just mastered those channels and i think that's that's really helped us um you know on on, on that side of things like no one's really no one's sitting around going like okay there's there's no leads coming in we need to do some more advertising or anything like that um but i think yeah from Really, from the start, um, we have a couple of managers that have done a really good job as well um, as our CEO, just like having the, you know, creating that culture for the company, I guess, um, and everyone kind of being on the same page. So, what, you know, what we're trying to do and who we are, and again, how we help our customers on really any angle, whether it's sales or customer support or taking uh, feature requests and stuff like that on the dev side. So, that's awesome. No, I, I, I love how <clears throat> happy you seem about the this lifestyle business that you've built. That's uh it's not it doesn't happen very often. So it's it's good to to see that for a change. So what has been let's let's talk a little bit about challenges. I mean <laughs> there must have been something. So what has been the biggest challenge so far? The biggest challenge? Um Oh, that's a good question. I don't, nothing's really come into my head. Um, the biggest challenge, I think, well, right now, I mean, there's uh, biggest challenge ever. It's probably different than biggest challenge right now. Biggest challenge right now would probably be just keeping up with all the, on the dev side with um, all the feature requests and stuff that people are asking. Um, I think that's probably our biggest challenge right now. So we're actually looking at doing some hiring on the on the dev side of things. So that's 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 our challenge right now, anyways. I'll put a link. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Under the podcast. Yeah, please apply. So, uh, please apply. Yes. Uh, okay. So what's the what was the biggest challenge ever? Or I don't know. Uh, give me something. What was the biggest failure? <laughs> Yeah, biggest challenge ever. You know, it's it's probably sounds a little bit, uh, you know, cliche or just. Um, I I think one of them for sure was just getting the initial traction. 
it's it's tough when you're you know you're going out and trying to get some initial traction with customers trying to get over that hump um, even as we roll like new services like people always ask for okay do you have testimonials you have the reviews you have all this stuff to back it up so i think at the start that was that was probably our biggest challenge just trying to get off the ground and trying to get our first couple customers because everyone always asks okay who what customers are you working with well when you start out nobody <laughs> so did you lie um, did you say <laughs> just your neighbors <laughs> you know you know what um we we got lucky I, we just went with people we knew well a, a lot of it was just like walking in and we cold pitched a few restaurants that happened to work out and then um you know at the time i knew like a family friend uh, i would say a, a dentist so we you know we got in on that side that vertical and then kind of just kept going with it but there were tough questions to to answer at the time like how how many you know even today but it's got a lot easier today where people are like how many jewelry stores do you work with how many well when you start out the answer is always going to be none <laughs> so <laughs> you just have to I guess, I guess that's learn the to live challenge. with it yeah 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 so. okay uh what was the biggest win biggest win i would say well i don't know about biggest win ever but biggest win you know lately has just been i think you know overall having you know because we did hiring on the customer support side and the sales side and just like i honestly our whole team is just like crushing it like you know and i know that's so general but um just having everybody kind of you know understand what they're doing being happy with what they're doing um i know a lot of tech companies and you you know you hear things when you're talking to founders or you're talking to other people that your account executive somewhere doing customer success at a, another tech company and a lot of them just don't they seem stressed and kind of like un, unhappy and i think our biggest win right now for sure and maybe just in general is like our whole team seems to be super happy like the sales super happy with you know their job and what they're doing and they're excited and on the customer support side and on the dev side and um yeah i think just the whole team just seems to be um happy with their, their job and what they're doing and their lifestyle and having you know a remote first uh kind of lifestyle and then they can come into the office we have a nice office they can come in if they want so i, th I think that's a huge win i think that that's undervalued too um in a lot of companies that you know people are all kind of like higher and higher and fire if you work out great if you don't you know and i think yeah. we're kind of the opposite we're trying to build something that um people want to come in and actually work and and have fun you know uh during the day it shouldn't be super stressful <laughs> you know so. definitely definitely apply <laughs> <laughs> they're building a culture <laughs> yeah. people are happy there cool uh okay so um there there was one thing i noticed and uh this is something new that that you guys are rolling out it's mm. a service a new service that uh you're offering to mm. your customers so let's uh let's discuss it a little bit and uh how are you planning usually uh the stories are you know people were in service business and going 
to product yeah. uh, to kind of scale it, you know, and kind of be away from the day-to-day -day operation. You kind of went the opposite way. Uh, so mm -hmm. why are you doing it? Uh, why offering a service? Yeah, so we've just gotten a lot of, you know, like people have asked us over the years, like, you know, do you offer local SEO? Do you offer content creation via blogs? Do you offer, you know, some website upgrades, hosting, um, social media management? Um, so our software touches on a lot of those things. You know, obviously on the on the social side of things, our software touches on... Of course, it has a lot to do with the website and having web chat and making your website interactive. Um, and on the on the SEO side, well, local SEO, a lot of it is just getting really good reviews on Google and Facebook and all these different niche review platforms. So our software kind of touches on a lot of these things. Um, but a lot of our customers are saying, you know what, I have someone doing our website design and, you know, upgrades on our website, someone hosting it. I have someone else doing our social media management. I have somebody else doing, you know, you guys are doing the software side of things. Um, someone doing SEO. So they have all these different companies, you know, doing these, you know, these things for them and helping them out on the marketing side. But a lot of them just what they say, you know, the feedback we're getting is like, it'd be nice to have it under one roof just to call one business. Okay, you guys are looking after our local SEO. You're hosting our website. You can do some micro updates and designs. Um, you know, our socials, you know, you guys are you guys are doing our social media management on Instagram and Facebook and, and all these platforms. But also we are using you guys already for the software side of things. Um, so just having, you know, so getting that feedback, we kind of thought, you know, let's, Let's roll this out just in just in beta and see what that looks like and, and offer it up to our clients, which we're doing now. And we've got some good traction. People are excited. Um, but also when we were rolling this out, or you know, one of the things we thought about was and kind of the core to check it and our offerings is this like trying to be as affordable as possible with, you know, because we know if you go to an SEO company, it's like they always say, oh, two, three, four, five thousand dollars, maybe more a month. As you know, social media management is again, some people hire a person doing that um, in house, or they have to pay a couple grand or whatever. So, we just came up with packages that we thought were super affordable, um, kind of like our software is. And people have been, yeah, people have been asking and been like, holy smokes, this is a lot cheaper. And so, we, so we ended up rolling that out essentially. Okay, so uh, again, the same the same story, right? You you listen to your customers and then you just give them whatever whatever they wanted. Okay, just uh, just a couple more questions and I'll um, uh, yeah I'll let you go <laughs> to to your next podcast. I know there is one. Uh, so yeah, what's the most inspirational part of the business? What makes you get up happy? Get up happy. Yeah, honestly, just helping these local businesses out, like just being able to and and work with not just like one small niche vertical, but working with a ton of different verticals, jewelry shops, auto collision, dental, anything on the medical side. So just being able to work with all these different businesses, see their challenges, 
um, you know, see their needs and, and being able to kind of fulfill that. Um, and again, just working with a great team, just getting up, working with an awesome team every day. So those are kind of the two things that, that keep me going. Okay. So uh, just one more. So who would be the person that you would absolutely love to work with? Maybe, I don't know, maybe a celebrity, maybe someone from the business world. Who would it be? Who inspires you? <laughs> uh to work with yeah i don't know I, it'd be cool to meet like someone like phil knight the, the okay. founder of nike so that uh, you know all right his story, Why is him? Pretty, uh, his story is pretty uh inspirational um if if you're looking for a good read go read uh shoe dog it's a really good book i did and kind of oh you did okay <laughs> yeah this the stories in there are just pretty wild that and kind of the all the things he had to go through to kind of build that build that company is is outstanding. Yeah. It's phenomenal. So yeah, it's also very interesting to to just to just look back and see <laughs> how different uh, it was back then. Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Things have changed for sure. But uh, yeah, I would say if I could meet somebody um, in the business world, it it would be him. Um, there's obviously a bunch of others, but yeah. Yeah, that's a great choice. Yeah, and the book is great. Yeah, I'm there with you. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing that and uh, sharing your story. It's great. I mean, uh, like I said, you seem very happy and very content with what you're building. So, yeah, thanks for walking us through um, the story of TechEd. And I really hope I'll get to hear some more um, about you and the company. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, Anna. Thank you. And take care. Right, Bye. Thanks.